This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, welcoming you to Week in Review for October 15th, 2010. In our top story this week, Federal authorities have charged 44 alleged members and associates of an Armenian-American organized crime enterprise in connection with two massive health insurance fraud schemes. In addition to a $100 million scheme to defraud Medicare, members of the crime ring also were charged in connection with a separate scheme to defraud private health insurers in the New York area. The Medicare indictment alleges the defendants operated at least 118 bogus medical clinics in 25 states that submitted the fraudulent claims. Although Medicare shut down the phony clinics after several months, it had already paid more than $35 million of the $100 million in fraudulent claims submitted, federal authorities say. In other news, In the years since the breach notification rule for personal health records took effect, no major breaches affecting 500 or more individuals have been reported. That's according to the Federal Trade Commission. Last year, the FTC issued a personal health record breach notification rule, as called for under the HITECH Act. Under the rule, major breaches must be reported to the FTC within 10 days, and none have been reported so far. But smaller incidents only have to be reported to the FTC annually. The FTC has posted a list of 13 smaller incidents, affecting a total of only 15 individuals in 2009. All were reported by Microsoft Corporation, which offers the Health Vault PHR platform. Each case involved lost or stolen credentials, and none of the cases is known to have resulted in inappropriate use of patient information says Cora Hahn, an FTC attorney. In this week's featured blog, I note that a plan to create a national database of certain healthcare claims data has some privacy advocates fuming. The privacy advocates contend the proposal from the U.S. Office of Personnel Management lacks sufficient privacy policy details and security provisions, and they question whether the project is even necessary. The office announced plans for a central and comprehensive database that it will use to manage three government programs, including two programs established under health care reform. The agency will gather the information by establishing regular data feeds from the private health plans participating in the three programs. Some privacy advocates are upset about the lack of detail in the announcement about how the information in the database, including social security numbers and other personal identifiers, will be kept secure. Plus, the announcement outlines plans to share the data with researchers and analysts inside and outside the federal government, which raises additional concerns. I'll be back after a short break to tell you about the rest of our weekly review. Are you responsible for your institution's regulatory compliance program? Do electronic medical records, patient privacy, or data breaches keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the HealthCareInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit HealthCareInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. 
In this week's featured interview, security advisor Phyllis Patrick says hospitals and clinics need to take a methodical approach to privacy and security as they prepare to qualify for electronic health records incentive payments from Medicare and Medicaid under the High Tech Act. Patrick offers highlights from a privacy and security white paper she co-wrote. She describes a detailed matrix based on the Malcolm Baldridge National Quality Program's process measures for carrying out privacy and security strategies to comply with the EHR incentive program's requirements. Here's a clip from that interview. Well, in my opinion, if they have not already done so or if they have not conducted a risk assessment for more than a year, they should plan to conduct a full risk assessment, uh, including an evaluation of uh, their privacy and security programs because these are really the foundation not only for the implementation of electronic health records, but also for meeting the criteria of meaningful use. And in other news, Medicare and the Department of Veterans Affairs have formally launched blue button projects that enable patients to more easily download certain health information from secure websites. The Markle Foundation has been promoting the blue button approach, which enables patients to download text versions of portions of electronic health records and other information in the format of an organized report. In the testing phase of the two projects, more than 5,600 Medicare beneficiaries and 60,000 veterans use the blue button function. Be sure to check out healthcareinfosecurity.com for all the latest news, interviews, blogs, and more. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.